Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Now available on Apple Podcasts, Podcast One, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. Welcome to the MIP. What an exciting week we have this week. Simply put, he's so dynamic, so interesting, and he is sweeping up those bucks because everybody loves listening to him. And I got him right here on the MIP. We sat down and we chopped it up for a good hour, hour and a half. It's so interesting, man. You can't miss it. Learn all the ins and outs about him. You hear about him every week because he has Aaron Rodgers on his show and everybody's trying to find out what's going with Aaron Rodgers. But you really want to find out what's also going on with him. I dig down deep into it all. Not just who you have on your show, but I dig down into who you are. Pat McAfee joins the MIP. I am so excited here on the MIP today to, to, to have this man. He's just great at what he does. You guys watch him all the time. Hey, this dude, first of all, this dude is from Plum, PA. Plum, PA. I don't even know what Plum, PA is, but that, that's where he's from. He attended West Virginia University. This man is a seventh round draft pick for the Indianapolis Colts. Watch this now. Pick number 222. That's interesting, and I'll tell you why I think that's interesting. He's a wrestler, a wrestling commentator. This was a, this dude was a punter. He's a, a made the All Rookie Team, two time Pro Bowler, first team All Pro in 2014. This man is an every man. He does it all, and he's joining the MIP right now. It's Pat McAfee. I can't tell you how excited I am to have you on the show, man. I enjoyed when I was on your show. I so enjoyed that thing we did at the Super Bowl with FanDuel. I'm telling you right now, I talked to the bosses of that in the back after I after I after you put me on that table tennis with What's Steve. It me? Oh, who put me on that damn table? Oh, was it me? <laughs> hey, we knew you were an athlete, though. And you know, getting a chance to and listen. I'm bullshitting, but I ain't lying, okay? I'm bullshitting. <laughs> it's one of the best lines of all time on our show. I have obviously watched you electrify televisions for decades now. You have been somebody who every time you come on the air, you bring it. Your work ethic is insane. The fact that I'm on the MIP, I am very, very pumped for. You doing the FanDuel show helped that show out immensely. You ping pong skills weren't as terrible as you were bamboozling yourself. <laughs> <laughs> it was. It, it, this has been an honor, and I'm very thankful to be here, Bub. But 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 listen, but, but listen, listen. That, that 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 show, that event. I don't know how much clout you have, but I want you to make sure you push that every year. I told those dudes at FanDuel, I said, I'll be here every year if we do it. I'm, I'm going to be at Super Bowl. Somebody will pay me some money to come work at the Super Bowl, so I'm going to be there. So that, that's just one thing, some kind of way. But I, would, I had so much fun, man. And I'm going to tell you what I told them. I said, I said I'm going to help make this better. What we need in the back, because, you know, we're in the back. I said, we need some alcohol back here. You got to serve alcohol. 
You got to sort of, first of all, you let somebody, some of the guys don't come because they think they will get some free alcohol. It's going to be their pre, this is their pregame. We want this show to be their pregame. They're going out after this, but we want this to the fan duel event to be their pregame. So we got to have some alcohol back here. We'll get them a little drinking so they can go out on on, on the front and have fun. Like when I was playing ping ball, I'm talking to that ball. Listen, ball, I need you to do what I need you. You know, we want fun like that. People, people have, people have fun like that. If we get them some drinks, they'll stay back there longer afterwards, and they'll be more fun when they go out. I'm telling you, Pat, that's a great idea. That's a great idea you guys put together. And, wow. and we bring a whole of different sports, shooting basketball, all that other stuff. Man, I don't know who put it together, but I loved it. That's the thing. I can't take any credit for this. I was just asked to be a hired gun, basically, to host that thing. I assume there was booze in the back. I assume that was all happening. There was a bunch of tables back there. It was well lit. It was was perfect. Hey, they had the amount of money the Fandle put into that, and we didn't know until we got there. So I was just as surprised as you with what that was going to be. I had no clue because we were running our show during the week. We had the Fandle party on Saturday night to host, but I didn't really know what it was. Wiz Khalifa and Ludacris performing. The amount of games and people there, the, the environment. The I assume there's booze in the back, but if that thing becomes a tradition, I'm all for it. And I'm yeah, I, me too. As long as Michael Irvin's going to be a part of it, I think a lot I, of people gonna are going to be a part of it. I, I would definitely be there, man. I, I think it was a great thing. I'm telling you, and people will see it. it, it we'll, we'll keep doing it, and, and it'll continue to grow, and it'll be fun. But let me get into you, Pat, man, Pat. What a hell of a journey you've climbed, Pat. I, I tell guys all the time, I say it right here, I say, I measure man in distance travel. Don't tell me where you are. Tell me where you started, and then let me see where you are, and I should measure you accordingly. The distance you have traveled. I tell DJ this, Daryl Johnson. I said, man, I love you, but, man, what an incredible accomplishment. To go from playing fullback to having a 25-year career in calling games – who the hell even know there's a fullback on the field, let alone being able to call games like that? And, and, and for you to go from being a punter to, to, to what you've done and what you've accomplished, Pat, that, that, that's some real distance travel, man. Talk to me about that distance. Well, I appreciate you acknowledging that because you're obviously a trailblazer in this entire world. And, you know, I played soccer growing up, but I'm from Pittsburgh. Plum is in the East Hills of Pittsburgh. where you. So there's a little location. You know, you say you don't even know where the hell Plum is. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it's in the East Hills of Pittsburgh. Right? It's in the East Hills of Pittsburgh. So I was, it was a football town, you know, and uh, my dad and mom, hardworking people. I come from a working class community and uh, I never really understood how kickers and punters were always like weird you know like I guess there was always like this standoffish thing because I played pickup football in the neighborhood basically my entire life I knew football but soccer was how I was going to make money right I was a good soccer player and I was like hey how do we make money let's go ahead and do that so the first time I kick a football I hit like a 60 yard field goal right so the first time I kick a football it's a 60 yard field goal I grew up playing football I can throw well I can tackle well soccer was just going to be the money maker for me and my family so there's a lot of focus on that a lot of hours traveled in the cars and everything like that First time I kick a football, hit a 60-yard field goal. Played my junior year. One punt pass and kick national championship. My mom forced me into it. No big deal. How you doing? Keep it moving. <laughs> but then I started playing my junior year football. I didn't miss. Our team wasn't great. I didn't miss. But I would just show up on Fridays and kick. I would literally walk onto the field with the fans sometimes with my pads, like, in my hand. And, like, hey, how you doing? I'm going to go 
bomb some balls real quick. And then my senior year, I didn't miss again. Had an offer to Kent State. Uh, that was the only football offer. I had like a hundred schools looking at me for soccer. I only had one school looking at me for football and it was Kent state, the golden flashes. I had a monster leg. I didn't miss any kicks in high school, but it was like one of those situations. So my dad and I, and my mom, we have an actual business conversation. Like, okay, do we want to run seven miles kicking a ball and make money? Or do we want to like three steps? (laughs) (laughs) So we went with the kicking thing and I got lucky to get invited to a kicking camp. Like, like three, four weeks before signing day, I go down there. I hit like a 65-yard field goal. Uh, I get a bunch of offers the next day. I end up at West Virginia, very pumped about that. But I'd never really been in the football culture. You know, like I'd never been in the locker room. I had never really done any of that. So that was kind of me getting dropped in to the football culture. I'm six foot one, you know, 225 pounds. I talk some shit. You know, I kind of do my thing and I, I feel like I got the respect of my peers in there. Obviously, my position is much less important and much less physically tasking than everybody else. But I feel like I always had the respect of my peers in the locker room, which is all I really cared about. Right. That's all I really cared yeah. about. I'm going to try to do my job. I'm going to try to help out, which I I, I was not great in college. But then it, it kind of always went that way. So when I get to the NFL I was drafted to punt. I didn't really know how to do the NFL style of punting because in college I would run and just kind of roll it. And then the same exact thing. When I get there, I think a lot of people expect me to be like a weirdo, like a punter and everything like that. I had natural relationships with almost like everybody in the locker room, like boom, boom, boom. How you doing? Love chatting, love talking. And I was able to speak on things that not everybody's able to speak on, right? Like if there's a big time fight in practice between the offense and the defense, I'm the I'm front row. Me and Vinatieri are front row to this thing. And if you have like any personality going into the locker room afterwards and just being like, Ooh, Hey, Pat anger, you got your fucking ass beat out there. Like that type of, like I knew my role, you know, like my role was like an energy builder in there. And I don't know if that's oh, yeah, like, okay. Okay. Yeah, you, you were that dude in the locker room that kept everybody having fun and loose and everything. Right. I do. Yeah. Cause everybody's miserable. You know, everybody's running their faces right. to beat each other. Everybody's tackle. Everybody's sore. The seasons are groundhogs day. You know, like it, it, there's times where, you know, gets it. My life was very good. I had no fucking meetings. I mean, I had not really not. So I would, you know, fake energy all day, every day. But I feel like I always had the ability to speak to people no matter where they're from. And I've said this a couple of times, like, it didn't matter if you were from Compton or Bel Air. It felt like I was able to kind of relate to, to whoever. And I was able to have conversations with people because of where I came from, where I was able to, the people I was able to get to meet growing up. I was playing soccer in Europe with kids from New York City that were, you know, Muslim that in my area you never learned from. So, like, I, I had this, you know, I was very lucky to be able to relate to a lot of people yeah. and chat with a lot of people. I knew media was going to be next, but the TV networks did not like me or I, I mean I got well, you don't like you man that, that's a hell of a thing you just said you can communicate with people from Compton or Bel Air I want you to understand I want people to understand how important that is because in football you get that whole range of people you get some people like the Matthew Stafford who comes from the Highland Park area right here which is the richest area in the world but you get some people like me who came who, who's the 15th or 17 kids and come from the ghettos of hell. You get all of that in the locker room. And if you have an ability to communicate with all of that, that's a special ability. 
Well, in, in Irv, I think you understand that more because you're in the locker room. And, you know, as the world was splitting at it seems like a year and a year and a half ago, right? I mean, the world was getting driven apart. And I'm right. not the only person that has said this. This has been said ad nauseum. But I said, like, the NFL locker room is this melting pot of humans with socioeconomic backgrounds, political backgrounds, stories and opinions. All everybody disagrees with everybody, you know, because you got a right. lot of hard headed, very intelligent, driven people people in there, but then you're able to just be like, well, I don't agree with you. And then just move on and go and play a game. Like, I wish the world had more of that. Yeah, but once, once again, like, I think if you're able to get along in an NFL locker room, it sets you up for life. Like, mm-hmm. I, like in a football locker room, it sets you up for life because the Matthew Stafford's that's an interesting group of whites, dude. Right. That, that right. group of whites that's up there. Right. They, 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 by the way, they don't like my particular breed of white either, but those people, <laughs> those whites that are all the way up there, they are a completely different, you know, like, they should be treated as such, too, whenever you're going to talk to them. Like, you understand they're coming from a much different background than everybody else. Even, you know, if you didn't come from 14, 15, like, there's just the ability to talk and learn from people was a weapon for me. I was very, very lucky for that. And uh, a punter, like you said, picked 222 in Indianapolis. And I swear, like, no networks wanted me. So I kind of had to do the Internet route. Barstool signed me. I stayed in Indiana, though. I didn't want to move to New York. Kind of built my own operation, did my own thing. And I'm very, very fortunate and lucky for my guys and for the people that follow along. But yeah, the networks did not like me or the networks that wanted no parts of uh, the old punter in Indianapolis. dude. Yeah, and especially back then, everybody wanted you to be that straight guy, that straight, you be the straight guy. You know what I mean? Guys, guys like you guys like me, we had to work our way in when people started saying, oh, well, hey, these guys can move a needle. That's something different. Let me ask you, Pat. Right? Hey, is this entertaining? Talk. Is this entertaining? Why is this entertaining? What are we? Right. Just put this boot on and say something. Just right. Like, because let me tell you what. Let me tell you what trips me out. Because because I hear people say it all the time, and I don't know if you hear. Because when I'm on air, I'm like, what, what are you talking about? You like, why are you always yelling? Why are you yelling? Calm down. Just if I if I just if I delivered it like Walter Cronkite, you're going to turn the damn TV. Stop acting his way. So I'm glad I'm not that way. Nobody wants to sit here and say, well, today we should. And, 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 and people hit me and Michael Cobb. They stop. Just stop. Just stop. That's why you tune in. Stop. Hey, how you easy is that, that too, by the way? How easy? I've always thought about doing that. Now, granted, I'm not yelling all the time. Neither are you. And I think a lot of the times, especially for you, I assume at this point, your messaging kind of gets diluted by your delivery. Right. And I've always said that, like, um, you know, there's some people that listen to music. They only listen to the, the, the sound, the instrumentals in the back. Then there's some people that listen to the lyrics and then they listen to the sound. I think with you, I think if people just only see the delivery and they don't listen to the actual words, you're preaching out there. Hey, you are preaching out there. You're saying something better than a lot of other people. You're just doing it in a much more emotional, entertaining fashion because that's more naturally you. But I think sitting there, and I I assume you've gotten to this point too, whenever I hear this from somebody like, hey, can you do a little bit more? That is so easy. This It is so easy to sit there and say, well, if you look at the stats on third and four, the player is more likely to throw the ball. Right, right. But but, but you do. But you're only tantalizing or you are making me use one of my senses, which is my eye gate. I'm not I'm not excited. I, I'm on my ear. Gate. I, I'm seeing you stay still. So I'm just listening to you. I want all of it. I want my feelings to get involved. I want you to do different things. So I 
I want you to excite me. I want you to activate the billions of receptors in my imagination, not just the millions of receptors in my mind. I want you. Why do you think they play music before the big scene on TV? Donna, 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 because they're activating those billions of receptors. I want that. You give me that. When I watch you, I think about a lot of other things. I hear what I'm saying. I hear what you're saying. But I see your action. I see your movement. I think about, oh, man, you know, let me tell you. I, well, I told you, I'm going to come back to this gift. This 222. All right, 222. You pick number 222. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a spiritual man. Like, I'm number 88. I believe in numbers. Number, numbers in the Bible. Number The eight in the Bible stands for new beginnings. God knows I needed a few new beginnings. That's why when I got my age, you know what I mean? Because I messed up enough things that I say, oh, I need another beginning. Oh, Amen. I need another beginning, you know. Your number two, two, two means two in the Bible stands for the gift of union, and and the pick number two, born on the second, you know that that says that you have that gift of union. That is absolutely what we're talking about right here. That so you were gonna, hey, you were gonna say that before I even talked about the very fortunate ability to be able to talk to a lot of people in the locker room because absolutely. That- Really? Absolutely. Look at us. Look at us. We're on the same page. We're you. Look at us. <laughs> we're already there, buddy. We were already there. And you do, though, man. You really do, Pat. It, your, your show and all the guys you have on your show, it, it, it really is an incredible job. And and let me be real, to have that ability to get this close. And I don't know, and I'm curious about how it started with Aaron Rodgers. Because Aaron Rodgers, you, Aaron Rodgers give you stuff that he doesn't give anybody else. I, 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 and how did this relationship start? How, wh- where did this start? So I would assume that Aaron Rodgers is a big fan of yours as well. Okay, I, I love Aaron Rodgers. He's a bad boy. I, I was just ne- very good at the football. Very, oh. very good at the football. But I would assume he's a fan of yours. Right, as I said, Pat, I would no longer, I would never ever again, because you know, I said some things on you. I would never ever again say anybody throws the ball better than Aaron Rodgers. After some of the throws he made this year, I refuse. If I say it, I'm gonna put a whole thing of zest in my mouth and just start chewing because it needs cleaning. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> a whole big bar of soap. I can't never say it again. I just can't ever do it again. He, well, I, I would by the way, I would assume that the the word did make its way to Aaron that you said something like that. You know, that's how all guys are. Everybody's supposed to not listen to anything, but everybody hears everything. I mean, that's everything. (laughs) Even with how detached Aaron is. And I think Aaron is a detached human being, but Aaron, I feel like, and I was very, you know, fortunate. My Twitter account is kind of how everybody learned about me, right? My Twitter account, I didn't start it until after I got arrested. I needed some new beginnings as well. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> I oh, wait, you said after you got arrested. So you like me. You're like me. So when they say, when we're sitting on the desk working, they say, well, what's your record? You're talking about, oh, shit. You got a football record. Like, oh, okay, my football record. Now, I'm the only person up there with more than a football record. So, you know, <laughs> you know I work with Kurt and, and coach i mean these guys are straight lace guys they never they never got a ticket let alone talking about having a record they never even got a ticket so it's a difference man so it's, a, yeah. it's good to know that, that my brother is like me we both got more than just a football record i will tell you this you google my mugshot <laughs> it, is, 
It is one of the worst in history. It is one of the worst in history. And I was wearing somebody else's clothes that is still probably in jail at this moment for the mugshot because I was, you know, shirtless at the time. I was uh, uh, taken into custody. They had me shackled in the back of a wagon, too. I mean, it's a public intoxication. Or I was shackled in the back of a wagon. They put me in there. I had some jeans on that were, were given to me by somebody who's a 38 who's still in jail at this moment because those jeans are still at my house whenever I arrived because I was wet and, it, you know, allegedly went into a canal. But I think it was raining still, even though they said in the police report we're in the middle of a drought. OK, so I, I think there is there's a lot to be talked about with that entire thing. But I got buried after that. It was on a bye week. My second year, I was getting killed. Nobody even knew I was on the team. Like Hunter Smith was a punter here for like 10, 11 years. Nobody even really knew who the fuck I was at the time until I get arrested. Then my mug shot is projected everywhere in Indianapolis because it's a bye week. So I immediately became like a punchline, not only in Indiana, but like everywhere. Like punter got drunk and arrested. Like people didn't even know I existed. And I was getting killed for it. So Gerard Powers of Auburn Corner, he basically said, like, hey, you're made for Twitter, dude. Like, you should go on Twitter. He's in my draft class. Like, you should go on Twitter. And I, I didn't want anybody to know who I was. Like, this is a real thing. Like, I was okay having money for the first time in my life, going out to bars, buying drinks for everybody, and everybody thinking that I'm just some rich guy's kid. Like, I was very okay with it. I was just a bland white in the crowd buying shots for everybody. Like, I was very okay with that. I get arrested. Everything changes. You know, like, my mugshot is now everywhere. Everybody knows me overnight. I go to Walmart the day after I get arrested with my dad. My dad drove out to see me, you know, and he hung up on me when I called him in jail because he didn't want to pay for more minutes. But he drives out to see me. I go to Walmart the next day to get some food or whatever. And literally, the locals are like, oh, you're that swimming punter guy or whatever. I'm like, Jesus. Like, I used to be able to just walk through here. No problem so i immediately became like a notable within indiana the day after but indiana liked me for it like a lot of people in indiana were like oh this guy's one of us like this guy got a, got after it got drunk in the same area we've gone right. after so my twitter account after draw told me get in there it started growing like it, it started going and growing and going and going and i was very committed to it you know because when you're in that and when you're in that substance of abuse program there's not much you can do you know like I, there's I, I couldn't really do anything and all my friends we're partiers. So I just started tweeting. Yeah my, Twitter, yeah. my Twitter grew. My Twitter grew. My Twitter grew. I continued to tweet. I continued to grow. I was very fortunate. People continued to follow along. And then I started seeing people that I looked up to started following me on Twitter. I'm like, oh, shit. Like, this is becoming something. J.J. Watt followed me out of nowhere one day. And it was like, what's this all about? So then Aaron Rodgers follows me out of nowhere one day. And I'm like, well, hey, let's not follow him back too soon. You know, like, let's. Let's let's make sure we play this right. He followed me on Twitter. Aaron did. I don't want to follow him back and freak him out. So he followed me on Twitter. I waited like a few days. I followed him back. And then we had like a relationship. You know, he followed me. I followed him for years. This one on years, this one on. And there was a couple interactions, a couple give and takes. But I was like, why is this dude following me? Then finally, I meet AJ Hawk, like one of his best friends. AJ tells Aaron, hey, invite Pat to the uh, golf tournament that he has for State Farm down in the Bahamas where he takes on, you know, Chris Paul, Ray Allen, all of them. There's a team football. There's a team basketball. They golf against each other. I was invited down there. Never get invited to these events. Right. Never, ever get invited to these types of events. They don't send me to any of these things. So I go. I take my boys with me. And there's an entire, like, rainstorm, obviously, the Bahamas. So the golf match got delayed. Like, the practice round got delayed. So we were in the, you know, the 19th hole for five, six hours. 
Irv, I do well in those situations, like those settings where I do pretty well. Everybody's drinking. We're having a good time. We're telling stories. You know, I do. So me and Aaron sat down. A couple of my guys were there, some other people. And we talked for like two hours, like very, very relaxed conversations. And by the end of it, I was like, Aaron, I knew none of this about you. And I just so happen to be a very basic human being. If I enjoy the taste of a food, there's a good chance a lot of people are going to enjoy the taste of that food. If I think something is funny, there's a good chance. a lot. I'm a basic ass human. Like I am one of the most basic humans. So if I like something, there's a good chance a lot of people are going to like it. I was like, Aaron, I don't know anything about you. And you're like one of the greatest of all time. And it's because he said he always kills him with indifference. So these stories would come out about him. He would never answer them because he said if he answers one, he has to answer them all. So he never really talked to anybody about anything. So that conversation started. And I said, hey, you know, guys do like local stuff. Every Tuesday, how about you come on our show? Uh, we'll get a chance to learn about you. And he was like, he's in. And I honestly, I didn't know him that well. I talked to him a little bit off air now still, but our conversations on air, I like to like just keep them as like, hey, I'm going to ask you basically what I want to know, but I think this is what everybody wants to know. And he's been so gracious with his time. Irv, he's been on like 50 minutes on a Tuesday, 45 minutes on a Tuesday, an hour on a Tuesday in the middle of uh, week 14, like just right. chit chatting one, two MVPs alongside Aaron Rodgers Tuesdays. But like, he's just been so incredibly nice. And I think it's all because, you know, that buildup of him, like, I think understanding me a little bit, having an appreciation that I am always myself like you. And I think that's what Aaron respects and appreciates in the whole thing uh, of life. Now, He's into some weird stuff. I mean, he, he's into some weird stuff that I would never be into. But he's, uh, we've been very, very lucky. Very, very lucky. You call weird. What do you call weird? The Pocachana? What, what did he call that stuff the other day? Yeah, you yeah. know it. You heard it. All yeah, yeah lubing, you know exactly what I was lubing, talking about. Lubing all the insides so everything just slides out. Like, oh, hey, man. Hey, it's going this way, Irv. It's going attic and basement, I guess. We looked <laughs> in, we learned a lot about that thing. I don't care about my body enough to do that. Oh, so it comes out both ways, the attic in the basement? I believe like three different days of the 12-day cleanse. Yeah, it's going both ways or if it's coming, oh, you know what I mean? It's all food poisoning. Oh, my God. Yep. Oh, yeah. That's like one of them bad nights Woo! where you had too much to drink and that thing coming at it. That's a hard day right there, buddy. <laughs> you grow. Yeah, yeah. That, that, Twelve of them. Guy. He did that for 12 days, but like, he is his own human. He is always his own human. I think that is like who he's always going to be. He's probably one of one on earth, much like yeah. you. But I think he respects. I'm not 100% sure. I think he respects the people that are just always themselves. And that's why I would assume he fucking loves you. I would assume he loves you. Well, you, you say he respects people that are always himself. Now, he's having he has some issues with the people in Green Bay. How do you think that's going to play out? Uh, when you see, I mean, you talk to him the most, you, 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 you hear what he's saying, but you get a sense of where he's feeling. If you've been around him enough, you get a sense of people. How do you think that's going to play out? I think aside from the poncha karma conversation, you know, which really took the internet by surprise that this is what he was doing for 12 days. It took yeah. me by surprise as well. When I Googled what it was. All right. Well, I'm never going to do that. You know what I mean? Never, never, <laughs> never. Hey, First of all, first of all, I'm not going 12 days without my kettle one vodka. I just ain't doing it. I'm doing it. So I'm letting you know right now. Don't even try I, I don't know. Hey, by the way, I don't know if that's a part of it. You know, I don't know if that's an added part. No, no. Of it. I don't think so. Uh, but I think the big part of the conversation and because immediately upon coming on on uh, Tuesday, and by the way, I didn't know what was going to happen on Tuesday. I didn't know if he was going to make his decision. I didn't know what was going to be the case. Right. But immediately upon coming on, he said, for the people that just want to hear a decision, like no decision will be made today. 
That's literally what he said. Okay. And I think it's because he just got out of that cleanse. So he is now in the chapter of figuring out what his future is going to be, but he said he'd already thought about it. He'd already had some thoughts. He just needs a couple more conversations. So if you listen to that 40 some minutes, we talked to him, he said a lot in there. And I think what a lot of what he said was like, it's a much better relationship with green Bay right now. It's a much better relationship. And you see them redoing contracts and adding the voided years at the end for it. Now they did it to Kenny Clark. They just did it to Aaron Jones. So they're starting to play ball. Like how the Rams, how the bucks, how the Kansas city chiefs do with the salary cap, meaning nothing. They're also taking into, they bring in Tom Clements, who's a quarterback coach that Aaron Rodgers loves, I guess. So in my eyes, after talking to him, and I don't know if he knows what he wants to do yet. And that's like what AJ Hawk says, AJ's, his closest AJ's his closest companion, I think. And AJ lives in Ohio, although he's on our show every day, AJ just, you know, he has been steadfast that Aaron goes back to green Bay. And I think after the conversation with him on Tuesday, I feel the same way just because he last year, last year, he told us during the off season that LaFleur and a bunch of the coaches flew out there to talk to him, you know, when they were going through their entire beef at that point, he was so disconnected from the Green Bay Packers that he told them, hey, sorry, I can't meet right now. They went to his house. Hey, I'm sorry, I can't meet with you right now. I have dinner with four Buddhists that I have to go to. So he went to dinner with four Buddhists while LaFleur stop, and the boys stop, tailgated stop, at his house. Tailgated stop, outside of stop, his house. Stop. Wait, 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 wait. He's told this to he, us the other day. He went and sat with some Buddha. Buddha four of them. Buddhist four priest, of them. Four Buddhists. Buddhist some Buddhist priests. I don't know if they're priests. I don't know the I don't know the okay, religion well enough. Buddhist, whatever they were. <laughs> yeah, yeah. While Green Bay sitting in his driveway waiting to talk. Yes. A- <laughs> That's how bad it was last year. He was like, nah, I got to go to this dinner with these Buddhists. I'm so sorry. I'll come back afterwards. And LaFleur and them are like, hey, we love you. <laughs> we want you back. And then obviously the entire offseason, that was the accumulation of information happens. He comes back. This year, it is va- vastly different. And I think it is because Gunther Kuntz and he – got a chance to shake hands, learn about each other, talk to each other, and they adapt a little bit. So I think he's going back to Green Bay. There's also retirement, I guess, on the on the table. He's brought that up a couple of different times. There's so many teams that are interested in getting Aaron. So right. I think he goes back to Green Bay personally. But, man, who knows? Honestly, who knows? And I think, yeah. that, Buddhist, I think that Buddhist dinner was good. I think that Buddhist dinner was good if it means that they had good food over there. And what makes it so hard, because you can't peg them. You can't peg them. Like, how, why, would you, why would you retire? He's the best in the league right now. Back-to-back MVP. But he's a different kind of dude. You never know where his mind space is. He's just a different type of dude, man. I, I, I hope it all works out. I hope he goes back to Green Bay. I want to see him and Devontae Adams. I have put him and Devontae Adams on that upper tier, what I call sacred ground, where I only had Joe Montana and Jerry Rice. I didn't even put Troy, me and Troy up there. It was only no. but him and Devontae belongs up there. They're so incredible together, man. So I hope we get to still see that. Geico asked, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, GEICO can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners and renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more. And GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to Geico.com 
or contact your local agent today. We got a lot going on in the NFL, not just Aaron Rodgers. You know, Aaron Rodgers is the biggest story. And everybody gets the Aaron Rodgers news from your show, which is which I think is just absolutely incredible because Aaron Rodgers doesn't share with anybody but you. But there's been a lot going on. Tell me what your thoughts were on this Super Bowl that we just saw. How, how What were your thoughts on, on watching the Rams win that Super Bowl after what you just talked about? They push back. We don't care about draft picks. The whole, they changed the whole game. You know how you know what draft picks were to the football team. They were everything. You and I both know that. Now they say, ah, oh, we don't care about draft picks. We want to win, and we want to now bring us the players. What were your thoughts on the path that they took and how they got it done? So I'm a, I, I love that. And I think most vets in the NFL who have been around and seen things and seen a lot of rookies not you know, pan out. I, I, and, and, you know, stats, we're in this new analytical world and stats play on everybody's team somehow. Stats are on everybody's side. Right. Two people are in an argument. They both have stats on their side somehow. It's like, all right, I don't know how that works. I guess this is a bigger life problem, but it's also happening in football as well. OK, so like whenever you see the stats of how many failed draft picks happen. Irv, these draft picks come in just because you were good in college. That does not mean you're going to be good in the NFL. So I think if you ask any older player in the league, if they were to run a team, how would they do it? Well, I'm bringing in guys who know the league. I'm bringing in vets that are going to set a culture in here, winners. And if we have to give up draft, I've always been under the belief, if you have to give up a draft pick for a sure thing, like do it. Like I think you should, because you don't know if that draft pick gets a roll of the dice. It is literally, you have no idea. It's kind of the way the NFL is operating. So when Peyton gets cut from the Colts, goes to Denver, he wins a Super Bowl. Then Tom leaves New England, goes to Tampa. He wins a Super Bowl. I think there was a lot of quarterbacks, not just Matthew Stafford, but you look at like Russell Wilson, his team starts talking. Deshaun Watson obviously has to handle what's going on off the field. Those are very serious allegations. But his people, before all those allegations came out, they're like, get me out of here. I want to go win a Super Bowl. So I love that the Rams won after going all in. After Matthew Stafford, finally, after 12 years in purgatory, Detroit says, you know what? No beef. I've not said anything, but I would like to maybe build my legacy on one that might make the Hall of Fame. And I have to win a Super Bowl to do that. Can I get out of here? I love that the Rams won. Absolutely enjoyed it. Now, with that being said, the Cincinnati Bengals are about to give a lot of teams hope. You know, a lot of fan bases hope. Hey, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm tripping on how many people won't give Cincinnati any props. I've said this the same thing. I'm like, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Why is nobody giving Cincy any credit? Cincy got everybody's been on that offensive line, right? But that offensive line got him to the Super Bowl. What are you talking about? You know what I mean? We got to find something to kill. Since he got $50 million under the cap to put the help structure that offensive line and their stars on the first and second year of their contracts. That's a monster right there, buddy. And nobody's giving him any credit. Hey, and by the way, Joe Burr, right? I mean, Joe Shiesty. You know, Joe. Yeah, Cooper. yeah, yeah. I saw those kids give him that Joe Shiesty nickname. Hey, he's a guy. He's a guy. And, and you say you put Aaron and Devontae up in that top tier alongside Montana and Rice. And I obviously everybody on earth would put you and Troy in there as well. So you being humble and doing that. But what Joe and Jamar are. Yeah. Hey, that's yeah. old school football. Just like what Troy said. Right. Troy said uh, he didn't understand why Dallas continued to do something when they had uh, some bad player on. I, I think. Yeah, oh, 
He said, I would throw, he said, I would throw him 10 balls in the first half. No, it doesn't matter what the play is or whatever the case is. Joe Burrow. Said, Michael would have had 10 catches right now. Michael yeah. would have had 10 grabs right now. Well, Joe he hey, Joe does that with Jamar Chase, though. Like, Joe's right. like an old school. It feels like Joe's a throwback football player a little bit. You know hey, what I mean? You're absolutely right, too. Let me tell you, you are absolutely right. Because what he said, what Joe says, when I see one-on-one, damn all of this scheme. One on one, my best. That's my best guy. You got your best guy. I'm going over there. That's what. That's how we play. Now with all of these brilliant coordinators, with all these brilliant coordinators, they see one on one. They're like, well, I'm not. I'm not okay. I want to design a scheme. See, they want it to be on them. So it's they. So they get all the credit. So they can go get all the money. So they can say, I can take any team. It's my system that wins, not the player that wins. But Joe Burrow. And Chamar Chase, they said we winning as players. That's why I love them too, just like you, buddy. You're right. They are a throwback. That's a great, that's a great analogy. That's a throwback. Well, and also I think, you know, I mean, they won four games last year. Joe got killed last year. He got killed this year. They win a lot of games. I think there's a lot of teams that are gonna have hope from that, but I think they're different dudes. Like, hey, I think that's a different group of dudes. And there's and you know this. Hey, there's levels to this shit, man. When it comes, yeah. and I got a chance to watch, like I got a chance to be front row to watch people that were great in the NFL and people, you know, that were good in the NFL and everybody's right. good. that makes it to the NFL, but there is levels to this, that competitive stamina, that competitive juice that some people have that other people don't have is what separates it. And I feel like Joe is one of those guys. He's going to be one of those guys. Can they keep him healthy? Hopefully they can. But the reason why everybody's bearing Cincinnati, they don't have an indoor practice facility. Irvin. They practice next to a cement factory. They have no right, indoor right, practice right, facility. Right, right. It was seven degrees the week before the Super Bowl. They're practicing in between lacrosse and ultimate Frisbee at the University of Cincinnati Bearcats indoor practice. So that's why everybody's burying them. I would just like their ownership. You said they got $50 million. They're only going to spend what they have to spend. They spent last offseason. Yeah. I get it. But I want their ownership to realize, hey, we got a team right now. Like, hey, right. that team, that young group, rookie contracts, like, let's go all in on that Bengals team because the AFC right. North, the AFC North, Lamar's still there. Okay, Lamar Jackson's still Lamar Jackson. That is going to be something he's, obviously, last year didn't work out as well. There's a lot of adversity. But if you look a at- A lot of injuries. Yeah, you look at Cleveland, though. Cleveland, we don't know what that's going to be. We have no, they're going to be good, good running squad, but defense is going to be great. But I don't think Joe Burrow's worried about them. Pittsburgh, who knows who's going to be their quarterback? I mean, in a very difficult division, I think the Bengals have the opportunity to seize some big-time stuff, and hopefully they'll only grow. But I think the Rams are the story, obviously, because it's Los Angeles. It's all the OGs. It's people winning Super Bowls for the first time. But Cincinnati was definitely an impressive and incredible story. And this is the time that the wife or the owner or the lady or both, the girlfriend, wife, and owner, lady, whatever, has to say, honey, we got that Joe Burrow guy. We got to start spending some money to help him out. I heard him say that the other day. But, you know, you, you know, when people are tight with money, they usually don't just change. But somebody needs to change this dude right here and get him going. You said something earlier I, I want to ask you about. When, Joe, when you said Matthew Stafford got that gold ring, did he earn also a gold jacket? I think so, right? I mean, I might be wrong. And this is, you would know more about this than me. And I'm somebody that would never, ever sniff the halls over there. Other than the, uh, I guess there is a, uh, I guess there is an MP3 of my career in there, I was told, by the big Shrek-looking guy. What's his name? David, uh, what's his name? The big guy, whatever. David Baker. David, David Baker. 
David Baker, yeah, very nice guy. I mean, that guy might be seven foot, seven hundred pounds. Yeah, that's my boy. Nice. Man. You know, yeah. we had the same tailor. It, it, we had the same tailor one time, right? So David and I used to go to the same tailor, and I said, "Man, I asked my, ta- I asked the tailor, I said, dude, how do you make a suit for him? How much material does it make to, to make? Because it takes three, three, you know, about three yards of material for me. But man, he's <laughs> such a big dude, man. He's such a big dude. But but he's a great man. He is yeah, a great he- man." He's very nice. And he came on the show and he was very, very nice. He was very nice to me. He's always, and, and I was in that Hall of Fame game in which they canceled it. Remember whenever, and that was actually against right. the Packers, whenever they put the tarp over top of it, it was like putting a magnifying glass from the sun right. and they just right. melted all of the paint on the turf. And right. well, we can't play on this because literally this is torn ACLs all over the place. But he handled that with such class. And, you know, David Baker, good guy. He came on the show and told me that I have an MP3 in there because I played in the NFL. So I'm in the Hall of Fame. And I was like, well, okay. I mean, I guess there's a lot of people that played like a game that are in there as well. But whatever. I'll never sniff those. So I've always viewed it as like a museum of the NFL. Like in 100 years from now, let's assume the world's still around. Let's assume, you know, countries are still what they are. Let's assume the NFL is still going on. When people walk through the Hall of Fame, I feel like they should see the history of the NFL. These are the best players in the NFL. This person did this. This person did this. Matt Stafford has the two highest receiving yard totals in a season, you know, in the history of the game. He has a Super Bowl now. He's a guy who was super quiet in Detroit when they are a terrible program. I mean, a a terrible program. He just kind of sat there and took his lumps. Now, he got $60 million, I think, on signing day. Because he was – he and I were drafted in the same class. His signing bonus, I think he could have bought at that time all of Detroit and he had not played a game in the NFL yet. So he has been obviously handsomely rewarded through all this, but I think so. When's the Super Bowl? His stats are crazy. He was able to steal the soul of Tom Brady in his words, where everybody was like, you can't win the playoffs down in Tampa against the Super Bowl champions. Right. Makes a massive play in the Super Bowl. Less than two minutes left makes a massive play. I just feel like, who knows if he's done winning Super Bowls because that team seems like they're all coming back, although they were all drunk when they were saying that. So right, right, right. <laughs> we've all made a lot of promises, you know, when we're drunk and who knows what the actual follow up is. But I think he's going to win more. And I do believe he will be in the Hall of Fame, even though people are still against it, I guess, because all the years. I'm not. I'm not. I'm with you on that. I, I, I think. Who, let me tell you why I said it, too. He didn't just win a Super Bowl. He moved to zero. He was over three. He moved to zero to the side and went four and oh. I you say what you will. You see what I'm saying? He it, it, he did it in that first year out of Detroit. So now we can confirm. Oh, he was being held back in Detroit. You see what I'm saying? It had he come in and maybe went to two one 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 game and then lost one game, but he moved to zero. That's the hardest thing in the world to do to move that zero out of the first column and be zero three, and then move it to the back column and go four and zero oh and win a Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah, those kinds of things get you in the Hall of Fame. So, 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 and he's and you're right. He's already he's going to be in the top ten in touchdowns and in yards with that ring in a memorable ring in Hollywood. Somebody's going to do some stories in Hollywood about that Super Bowl that will that'll market for him. So I absolutely think he's going to get another hey, shot in Hoover. Irv. I know I'm keeping you. I'm keeping you so long, man. But oh, I always want that. I want. Oh, Irv, Irv, hold on, Earth. 
listen, I'm lucky to be here. I'm pumped to be here. My show starts in an hour and 15 minutes. I got nothing but time. But oh, the, sure. uh, let's keep going. In. I, got, I love it. I love it. I love hey, it. the stories in Hollywood, though, they need to clean up that human poop on the sidewalks down there in Hollywood, Earth. Hey, listen, we're out there for the Super Bowl. I know you're out there every single week, and I don't know where SoFi is, and you guys are in that 10K studio at NFL Network has. Man, L- LA is different now. It is not the same LA it used to. It is a much different place. So maybe Matthew Stafford uh, will get some Hollywood stories about that. And in the middle of that, maybe he brings LA back to life too. Maybe Matthew Stafford saves Hollywood in this entire thing. Who knows? Yeah, I, I, I believe I, I believe he saved the NFL in Hollywood. That's for sure. Because the NFL needed this. And, and they were in a bind, too, uh, to be honest with you, because they wanted – they loved Cincinnati because Cincinnati did it the old way, through the draft. Great, great old players. They don't want this to become the NBA where super teams are being built. So, so they had a super team on one side – and the good old-fashioned way on the other side. But the super team was in L.A., and they done put $5 billion in a stadium. They got two teams out there. They needed to grab that L.A. market. They were All the stars were at that game. That's exactly what they want to see and what they want. And so, so it worked out perfectly for them, even though, even though I would love to see if they run every, bring everybody back and they run it back again. I would love to see how that plays out. I want to get to something because I, I I love that you do it, you know, and, and, and I haven't been able to work out lately. I'm having some elbow issues, but but you always got on your nice little tank top right there now, Pat. Where, where you go with all these tanks, Pat? You just always wear tanks. You go in there, you do your curls, and then you come on out. What is that, Pat? How often are you working out still? Well, I appreciate that, Irv. I didn't get a chance to do any of the push-ups here, you know, before this. This is just natural. You know, I woke up like this. I'm in the middle of a keto right now. You know, maybe these biceps will get a little bit more uh, defined. But I'm also dealing with a couple elbows, you know, a couple shoulders, a couple elbows. I don't get to work out as much. I'm trying to stay in shape. You know, I, I could become a fat-ass quick, Irv. You know, Do like, you ever see how many how many guys you see now that you play with? You're like, what the what the hell is wrong with you, man? Look how big you do. You play wide receiver, dude. You look like a guard. Do you see these dudes? They took me. I'm like, man, come on, man. We got to stop this right now. I'm a guy guy I think that could go there so like I played soccer growing up obviously we talked about this so I just ran and ran and ran and ran and ran and then in football even if you're the punter you're still going through those college workouts which is just run and run and run and run and then when I get to the NFL they're like telling me like hey you can't run because if you pull a hamstring or anything like that you're in trouble so my weight in the NFL there was a couple seasons when this metabolism slowed down where I was like 255 260 I mean you could see it too. I mean, we're talking, we're talking big fat guys. So I have that in me. So it's a constant battle. You know, I'm going, I'm gone. You know, my weight is going, it's coming down, but I try to stay in shape. And the reason why I wear the tank top every single day is mostly because all those networks force everybody to wear a suit and tie. And it's like, I think I could do this shit in a tank top. You know what I mean? Like, I I think I could. And at this point, I am kind of over the tank top myself, but I have 60 of them. The exact same. It's like uh, I just walk in there. I figure out which one has the least amount of dog hair. I put it on. It's very simple. Steve Jobs, he wore that black turtleneck every day. Then he had the jeans and the terrible dad shoes. And uh, I was a, you know, Steve Jobs, terrible dad, bad dad. The guy was a bad dad, but quite a, you know, game changer, needle mover in the world. Right. 
And I listened to him speak a lot. And he talked about taking the decision-making energy out of his life every day on what he was going to wear, just like completely changed a lot of things for him. Like in the morning, he's like, all right, I'm putting that on and then I'm out of here, whatever's going to happen. And he might've been full of shit when he said that justifying why he does what he does. But for me, life has become very easy. It's like, all right, I'm going to wear that tank top. It's the same exact one as the one I wore yesterday. I buy them and my wife buys them in bundles. And then I'm just off and running. At some point I will get past the tank top, which kind of mentally I already am. But Stephen A gets so mad about it. You know, he gets so, I know, I know. so mad about it. And I have nothing but respect for Stephen A. And I love Stephen A. So every time I hear him say, you know, I love McAfee, but he he stopped wearing that tank top. It's like, All right, I guess this is in for another six months. I guess we're doing this for another six months. You know, like I have so much respect for him. And it's just kind of become a thing now at this point, I guess. Pat, let me tell you something. But you're right, Pat. I, I, I'm telling you, man, even now today, now not with my suits because I got, you know, I got my suit guy. He puts all my suits together. He marked the days that I'm going to wear what I'm going to wear on clothes because I just can't put it. But the energy it takes when I do go in there and try to figure out some junk to put on. And I got this. See, I got this big old closet that's Whoa. bigger than the house I grew up in with Whoa. all of these clothes. In, and it's just out of my pain. It's out of my pain. It's since I didn't have anything growing up. I want to buy everything now. But I didn't think about what it takes when I walk in that room and decide what I'm wearing. I'm in there 15 minutes sometimes just standing around trying to figure it out. I'm like, I got to stop this. Just grab something and go. I'm just starting to learn when I pack now, pack one pair of jeans and just wear a different shirt with those one pair of damn jeans. You know what I mean? Don't care. I call it the white guy dress. That's what the white guys do. That's what white Because it's smart. What you got? You know who else did it? Al Davis did it. Al Davis wore that same sweatsuit every day, every day. Billionaires did it. It's something I should think about doing because it does take out some of that energy that, that you said uh, Steve Jobs was talking about. He's a, he's absolutely right. Herb, on Herb, that. I want to follow up on something you said there. You know, the stats for retired players, you know, what was it? Bankrupt. They did a 30 for 30 on or whatever. And it was yeah. what 80 percent of players or something. It broke. Broke, yeah, the broke thing like that. And um, I did not come from money either, right? I did not come from money. Right, right, right. right. My family remortgaged the house five times, you know, so I could continue to do my thing. Like, you know, there was a lot of that. Is it not very difficult that when it's actually in the open to my show, what am I supposed to do? Look at something that I can definitely afford and I want and say, nah, like that is a tough that is a tough hurdle to get over. So whenever you say you have all this stuff in your closet because you can buy now, it's like I have a Rolex on my on my wrist, strict not because I'm a watch guy, but because like, oh, I can buy this now. Like that right. is right. that's a real hurdle. I think that a lot of players and a lot of us have to like kind of get through right. and hopefully it, one day I'll become more mature. I hope I hope. One but, day but, but but it's but, it, but it's OK. It, it's OK that you that you want things and want to buy things. It's what we have to monitor. What I have to monitor is buying out of my pain. You know, I and buy what I need, but not buy it on my pain because I didn't have anything growing up. I didn't. Have, so now I want to buy everything, you know, and, 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 and that's buying out of my pain. Instead of just buying what I need, I'm buying out of my pain. That's how guys go broke. And guys don't go broke because they're buying stuff. They go broke a lot of times in this league. 
because they don't understand money and they live out of their pain. Let me give you an example. So you just got a $5 million signing bonus. We'll keep simple numbers. You get $5 million. You want to go buy a house for $2 million and you're going to put another half a million dollars in cars. And since you watch your mom, dad, uncle, niece, nephew, cousin all get their stuff repossessed, you're like, I'm going to buy mine's cash money. And so you take the $5 million and you spend $2.5 million. Now you only got $2.5 million left. Instead of keeping the same $5 million in the bank and go borrow $2.5 million against the five and pay that down on the interest of the five to pay down the two and a half. Now you keep more principal. It's we don't have an understanding of how to use money as opposed to, you know, we are just spending, spending. It's not just, it's, it's what you take in and how you monitor what goes out. You can still send things out. You just got to be smart about it. And who knows that when you're the 15th or 17 kids and nobody ever had anything anywhere around you. That's the problem with most guys coming from the ghetto uh, uh, going to the NFL. I think, by the way, that's like, I, I, I don't know who termed it that, but it's like financial literacy almost, like understanding money and finances. And when a $5 million right. signing bonus, what you didn't mention there, Irv, that not a lot of people understand. I'm the same I, get his. Oh, <laughs> I mean, hey, I got a, I had a million dollar signing bonus. My, my contract had a million dollar signing bonus in it. And I was so pumped. I'm like, yo, I'm a millionaire. I'm a millionaire. That check showed up. That check showed up. 600, what was it, 600? 520 or something like that. 520. <laughs> Yeah, but they had it on the check. They have uh, the million dollar, like, here's your check for a million dollars. And then it has like, <laughs> oh, here's a federal tax, actually. Right. Bang! That thing is down. Right, 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 right. right 600000 right. and boom, here's the county, here's the state, here's 401k, here's this. And you end up with 540000 It's like, holy hell. Did, and then I call, like, my mom, my dad, my friends. I'm like, did you know this was going to happen? Like, they're like, we heard of this. We heard of this. I'm like, it's real. Like, this is a very real thing. That is a learning curve. I think all of it. And I still have not, you know, what you just broke down there with your money working for you and putting in this and doing that. Like, that is next level stuff. I am not there yet. I'm still like, you know, if my oh, guy, if my guy need a car, like, okay, let's get him a car. You know, you there, you there, you there with that deal. You just hit up on you're there. You know how to do it. I'm going to tell you who else I learned a great deal from that. I tell people, about. I learned a great deal from, I'm going to say this OJ Simpson. When OJ Simpson went through that stuff and, 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 and the Goldman's God bless him. God rest all their souls. And, 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 and his ex-wife, when they went after him and they couldn't get into that fund, that trust fund. Remember, he gets $30,000 a year, $30,000 a month the rest of his life or something. They couldn't get into that trust fund. I was like, oh, my God. You know, knowing I was going to need some new beginnings and maybe some people do some suing here, I was like, I got to find out about that trust. So I went and learned all about that trust, right? It's called a family generation skipping trust. I put everything in that trust. You can't sue me for everything. You can't get my money. It's in the trust. It's in the family dynasty skipping trust. So now when I pay my mom, because I pay all her bills, or, or, my, or my mother-in-law, I pay everybody's bills, I can, I can pay their bills and then send them the tax paper. I don't have to pay it at my tax rate. It's at their tax rate. You know how much money I save? Hey, let's go. Right. That's what I try to tell guys. I say, you got to learn this stuff 
or you're going to be on those shows that you don't want to be on. You got to learn this stuff. You got to get some financial. Okay, so you didn't learn. You didn't learn from. OK, so, I mean, I think we should reshape that story. Like you didn't learn from O.J. Simpson. Right. Because, you know, potentially well, I, I learned about the trust from O.J. Simpson. Yeah, through okay. his situation. Yeah, 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 that's good. We had uh, we had Barry Sanders on. You know, we had Barry Sanders on. He's incredible conversation, by the way. I wish he would do more media. I love that dude. He yeah, he is good. And, but don't want to do a lot of it. He yeah. doesn't want to do a lot. I don't think he wants to. Yeah, I think he's like, all right, I'll come back. Well, running backs are always weird dudes, don't not Pat. You know that. Running backs are different. You you know, running backs are different. They, I mean, I, I, I've always said that. I love them. Emmett's my best friend, but they're different dudes. They're just different dudes. Emmett was an interesting guy. I got to meet him uh, at the Super Bowl there. It was my first time ever meeting him, and he had quite a performance there on the air hockey at the fan. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> that girl beat him. That was good, too. That was fun. That was great. Yeah. But Barry Sanders said that, you know, there was running backs before him that were, you know, that he looked up to and everything like that. And he was like, you know, O.J. Simpson, a guy I looked up to, I was like, on the field, on the field. He's like, of course, of course, of course, on the field. On the field. <laughs> it was funny to hear Barry say that, like, because he's like such a quiet guy. You know, it's, uh, yeah, everybody lives their lives and some things are made, but whatever the case. Yeah, financial literacy is a big deal, man. It's a, it's a huge deal. And I don't know it yet, but I just learned about a trust through you, through O.J. Simpson. So I'm going to look in. That <laughs> yeah, you should look in that. But, but I'm saying, but, but what, what is it for, for you though, Pat? Pat, listen, Pat, you just signed the deal, and and, and, I, and I've been blessed. I'm fortunate enough. I I, I can say I'm, I'm going to be able to say that, that I ultimately ended up making more money in TV than I really did in football or, or in, in in the media world than I really did in football. Now these guys in the NFL now they they won't come out. I don't know if they could possibly do it, but. But what is that like for you, Pat, to be able to say that this last deal you signed, like? You're going to make more in this second st- in this second career than you did in your first career. That's a hell of an accomplishment, buddy. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, I've already done that, right? I've already accomplished the making more in a second career than right. in my first career. And you know, I I think the thing I'm you know most proud about is I didn't really burn any bridges with anybody either. Right. You know, like in the league, I didn't tell any stories that made anybody look bad. You know, like right, I didn't right. sell any of my teammates out. Like, I think, you know, I think that's a big deal for me. Like I, I, it, I consciously, even if something had happened to a teammate that was a good reference, like I feel like the way I've gone about it with my boys on the internet, with my fans, it has been a cool process in which I can sleep at night. And I got very, very lucky. The timing of everything when I re- now granted, I kind of saw it on the horizon. So that's why I retired early. You know, I made a pro bowl, then I retired. And by the time I'd retired, I'd already done a stand up comedy tour in which I had rented out the theaters and sold the tickets myself through my Twitter account. So I'd already saw the checks that were possible from doing that. I already had a podcast whenever I was in the league. I'd already sold some ads for that. I already had a merch company when I was in the league. So I'd already saw some ads for that. I already had my foundation going when I was in the league. So I saw how like fundraising and the fulfillment you could feel. So while I was in the league getting overpaid for my job drastically, like drastically overpaid, but somebody's going to get that money. So at least, you know, I got a little bit of it. So I already knew that there was money outside of football while I was in the NFL, because I got a chance to kind of dabble in it while I was going there. And I, I, I'm incredibly honored. And there was this NFLPA meeting, and I don't know how you feel about the NFLPA. I do not have high 
things mm-hmm. to say about them. I, I think they're bad business people. I think there's a lot of that, you know, there's a lot of that conversation that can take place. They help out a lot mm-hmm. of people as well. One of the meetings I sat in, it was maybe like my fifth year or whatever. They were talking about money and then the entire narrative of it was you're never going to make any money again, almost like that's how they were talking. Like right. You're never going to did, did you. I remember they had those meetings. This is this is the pinnacle of your earning power is what they were saying. The yes. pinnacle of your earning power. And I, yeah, I remember those. And I literally and at that point, I just got done selling like 10,000 tickets to my stand up comedy tour in like 10 minutes or something like that. And I had seen how much money those tickets went for versus how much I was running the theater for and everything like that. And I like raised my hand. I was like, how come we can't just like talk about like guys continuing to make money off their stories? Like, Hey, everybody in here has a story. Like there has to be a way to make money. And they're like, well, that's not reality. So I kind of took that as like a, Oh, okay. Like, we'll see how that goes. And there's only a, a couple of people in that room that heard that interaction. But for me, I'm a big, like when they lay their head down at night, they have to sleep on the fact that I fucking was right. You know, like I, right. I enjoy that type of stuff. So as I've gotten into this business, I've gotten very fortunate to learn from people. The people at Barstool, Dave, Erica, Big Cat, uh, you know, PFT, watching them all operate. And I could go through an entire list, watching them operate the Internet in the business of the Internet. And from afar in Indiana, watching them in New York, like I learned a lot there. I learned a lot about how to network, how to do business, how to set up these ads, how what you should be allowed to ask for, what you should not be allowed to ask for. You told us a story on the podcast about Jerry Jones letting you sit in a room during the negotiations. Right, right. right. Like I got a chance to kind of do that through the Barstool right. folks and I got a chance to experience it. So I represent myself. The deal I just did with FanDuel, I negotiated myself. Mm. I gave up. I gave up none of my company. They're just our exclusive sportsbook partners. We have other great partners as well that we all do business with. We have a sales guy here. We have a CFO. So we kind of do all of our own business. The timing was right. The networking was right. And we just so happen to have an incredible group of people that follow along. So I'm very, very, very proud. Very, very proud of it. And I think after Super Bowl week, my level of pride for what we built is even higher, you know, because that radio row was awesome. It was incredible. We're very lucky. Uh, but yeah, I'm very, very proud of it. Or very, very proud of it. Well, you should be proud of it, but I'm, I'm, I'm proud of you, man, and, and what you made out of it. And you're right. You're right. That's, that's the kicker right there. There's such great stories throughout the NFL. It's how you tell them. It's for each player, how, you got a great story. How you go monetize it? You know what I mean? How do you go and, and, and turn it into something else? You know, you, 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 the, the, the football career, say, say that was the seed that grew a tree, but there's so many leaves on that tree. Don't just play on the football field. Go yeah. pick another leaf and, and take another area and go do – what you've done, man. It's, it's what what you major in in school? Because, you know, I, my, my degree is in business, BMO, business management organization. I graduated as a junior. Back then, you had to graduate to leave early. You know, and, and, and when I graduated as a junior, I was able to control the draft. Because back then, if I graduated early and a team drafted me, I could drop the class and go back to school and they lose the draft tour. So when Green Bay and those teams called me, I was like, I know I'm the brokest dude in the world. But I can't, I'm, a, I'm a brother from Florida. I can't come to Green Bay. No, thank you. You know what I'm saying? Like, I can't come to Green Bay. It was, this was like, you know, they were picking seven. They were picking seven. And I was saying no to Green Bay because I knew Dallas would take me at 11. So I was giving up money on the front end as the poets do. The, I, the poets, I don't say, I, I, I'd say Poe because that's I what it yeah. is. Yeah, that's yeah. what it is. We weren't poor. We were poor. We couldn't afford that other O and the R. We just said poor. You know what I'm saying? We were poor. As the poorest dude in the world, 
I was negotiating broke. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and when Jerry told me those things, come in the room, every chance I got, I tried to learn. Every chance I got. And that's what you're saying. Every chance you get, you got to try to learn. I'm paying an agent. I'm paying the financial guy. I'm not paying you just to do it. I want to pay you to teach me this. Because one day, I'm going to get rid of you. I'm going to limit that cost. I'm going to eliminate that cost right there as soon as I learn. You know, that's just... That's just business, man. That, that's how you have to do it in this world. You have to continue to do business. I was very lucky to have, you know, some representation. I was I was doing business with CAA a little bit because I didn't know any of the TV people. So they were kind of doing the business with the TV network executives. Because when I retired, zero, and I've said this a couple times, zero networks had any interest. I wasn't, ESPN wouldn't even let me at their Super Bowl party. I just made two Pro Bowls, had 750,000 followers on Twitter. All my boys were going, ESPN's like, we don't even want you here, please. Sorry. Yeah, you're not listening. <laughs> this is terrible. So, like, to get into the TV world, I thought I had to have representation. And CAA, obviously, they, they are a massive conglomerate. They were very good for me, very nice to me. But as I was doing business with them, I realized like, oh, it's hard to sell me. Even if you don't like if you don't. Now I got people from L.A. that are good people for CAA trying to explain who I am to these people in these other big cities. And I'm in Indiana. I just got to the point where I was like, I would like to speak for myself. Like, I would like to hear what people are saying about me. I'd like to speak for myself. And also, I don't want to be a part of any of these bundle deals that are happening. You know, like I I have 12 employees, my boys work for me their families then depend upon that like i want to hear what this is and i've been very very lucky to learn from a lot of those experiences see how people operate and then now you know just like when you were negotiating while you were poe you know you weren't negotiating (laughs) money there you weren't negotiating money there you were negotiating your talent your happiness there and i think that is something that you know now i'm at the stage where every decision is like okay what makes us happy and uh what would make our lives better what would make our show better it's like a different form of negotiation it's almost like what for us as opposed to for them and i think that's a massive hurdle to get over whenever you uh are starting to represent yourself Pat, break it down for me. Like when you get a story, how, how do you guys break through uh, a, a, a story on your show? I mean, you, I know you go through all, all sports, but when you get a story, what is the first thing you do when you hear about a story? How do you break it down? I don't know. I don't know. Like that is an interesting thing. I've done a lot of reflection or in this entire thing, like why our show works and why people right. like our show. That's what I'm asking you. That's exactly what I'm asking you. Yeah, <laughs> why I, does it work so well? I have no idea. I've done a lot of reflect. I think just much like you, my natural reaction to things with my experiences, the conversations I've been very lucky to have, the, the people I've been able to meet, I think my natural perspective is much different than other people's. Like I, even if it was to speak about business or anything, I think my perspective is going to be different than everybody else's. That's why I think our show is different than everybody else's. And then my boys, I got somebody from Chicago, Iowa, Boston. I mean, we got too many Italians on this show. We got people, you know, who have their own perspective. So I think we're all very comfortable giving our own perspective as opposed to giving what we think people will want. Now it's not always going to hit. Not every take is a, is a home run or whatever, but I feel like people aren't going to catch us like lying. And I think that is what the digital media space is about. Like being authentic, being real, being yourself and never making people feel as if you're trying to like sleight of hand them. So I think that's why our show works, but I'm still trying to figure it out as well because the show stinks. It should not do as well as it does. And uh, we have a blast. <laughs> <laughs> you're, 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 people get to look in and see somebody 
that they can relate to. That that's what's great about it. They see somebody that they can relate to, man. And I, I love the fact that you take care of your boards. And I love the fact that you hold on to that responsibility. You know, you take that into negotiations. Listen, I'm, I'm not in for me only. I'm in here for those 12 families that, that I also work with. And I got to make sure I honor them by making sure I know everything that I can know uh, a, a, as we get ready to do this deal so I can make sure I take care of them. But let me, let me get to this on you. Well, let me get to this on you. What, what, what do you see next year? If I ask you who's your favorite to win this thing next year, who who would you say? So who's you know who's playing quarterback for the Indianapolis Colts? You know like that's my question. Oh yeah, that that, that you, you don't want Carson Wentz there anymore. Irv, this guy sprained both of his ankles in one play. You you hear me? Both of his ankles <laughs> one play. Irv, think about that. How does that even happen? How does that even happen? I don't know. The guy is probably a great guy. He was on our show. He's big. He is a. Lumbering big country mug, hey, a big oh. country mug. Hey, he's on that bobcat too. And a lot of people that are John Deere fans aren't necessarily as pumped that he's on a bobcat. Yeah. He loves hunting, he's big, he's love, he's athletic, he can make all the plays. But I think he has something in him where he he says fuck it too much. Like I, I think to be yeah. a $30 million quarterback a year. To be a Super Bowl winning quarterback, right. you have to have some sort of preservation of not just the ball, but also your body. And like, I, I assume I have a lot of respect for Carson for being as tough as he is. And there's no play left behind. Every play, he is trying to extend it as long as possible and make as many plays as possible. But at some point, you just got to give up for the good of the team, for the good of the play, for the yep. good of your body. And he is, he, He's Russian roulette when you're every single, I don't know how his parents have survived. I have no idea how his parents have watched him play football for as many years as they have, because this is the first year I've watched him. I've almost had a heart attack like seven, eight different times during the game. He's throwing balls. He's switching while getting sacked. Irv, fourth quarter, two minutes left, down, divisional opponent. He's in the end zone, clearly getting sacked. Instead of throwing it away, just throwing it away, he switches it to his left hand in the air, switches it to his left hand and tries to shot put it to a running back. Show Throws the shortest pick six in history. The defense caught it in the end zone. So it was a left, left-handed shot put pick six that never left the end zone. So that's in a divisional game, two minutes left in the fourth quarter. Now, granted, as soon as he comes back on the other side of that, he marches the team right down the field. And in one of the plays, he balances himself on the ball on the ground, stands back up, throws it into triple coverage, okay? And Pittman makes a play. We it's score. Right. It's just every single play. It's like, holy hell, what is yep. this dude going to do? And for me, I don't think that's how you win Super Bowls. Like, yeah. I don't think that is – and that's no offense to Carson Wentz. His style of play is his style of play. But if we get like a quarterback in there that, you know, because we got Jonathan Taylor back there, we got, we got an offensive line, our defense, we got like seven Pro Bowlers, our defense is stacked. I like the Colts. With that being said, and a great head coach in Frank Wright, a great head coach in Frank Wright. I love Frank. And Jim Ursay, he'll spend 10 million on a drum set. I mean, that dude will, yeah. you know, he'll go all in. I mean, he will, spend, yeah. he, he's yeah. about 767, I think. Like the planes he's sitting there, like he will. He will go all in for the team. So I think they're good. You got to think Patrick Mahomes is going to be pissed, 
right? Especially with all the drama going on. Josh Allen, not getting a chance to answer that Buffalo Bills squad. I mean, the AFC is so packed to the gills. I'm going to say an AFC team is going to win the Super Bowl next year, but I think there's so much to be uh, figured out still. Salary cap gymnastics have to happen in a lot of places. In my eyes, look for the Bills, look for the Chiefs to kind of get a little comeuppance. Uh, But man, if Aaron Rodgers goes back to the pack and they're making a bunch of plays, you can't rule them out either. What are your thoughts, Irv? Who do you think? I, I, I love that you call a salary cap gymnastics, and they got to work it out. But let me tell you, man, I, when I when I interviewed Carson Wentz on a Thursday night game after I won, this was when he was in Philly, I tried to ascertain what you just talked about from him. I tried to find out, are you going to learn from this, or will this be a forever thing? And they, I asked him this question. I said, hey, I said, uh, at, 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 at what point do you think that you would get to a place where Yes, you have the possibility of making the play, but it's too dangerous of a time to try to make that play. And he's like, I, you know, I, I, I don't know. I don't know if I can get that. I mean, I, I won't always – I don't want to ever be gun-shy about taking the opportunity if I feel I can make the play. I was like, whoa, I, I don't want you to be gun-shy. I want you to read the elements around you. Like, it's, hey, all I got to do is not fumble this ball. We can kick this field goal, win this game. I ain't got to try none of that old fancy shit here. Whatever happens, I got the game on. I just, and he, he didn't say that to me, and it worried me. Because now what happens is your greatest asset, which is your ability to scramble and make things happen, becomes your greatest liability because you don't know when not to do it. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and you make those kind of plays that you're talking about. He has all the physical gifts in the world. I thought that he would try to come over and listen more to the quarterback since listen more to the coach since it didn't work in Philadelphia. He's with Frank Wright again. But, yeah, it just didn't. And then you're going to lose to Jacksonville with a chance to get in the playoffs? Hey, Dude, they had clown costumes in the crowd because the fans of Jacksonville were mocking the Jacksonville Jaguars organization for being right. a clown show. And we lose to them on the road to not make the playoffs. It's like, what are we doing? That, that we was, doing? yeah, yeah. Seven that, pro that, that, bowlers. That was hey, seven pro bowlers. Seven yeah. pro Defensive MVP candidate, Darius, uh, Darius Man, Hunter. MVP candidate, too. Jonathan Taylor. Jonathan Taylor, yeah. MVP candidate. We don't make the playoffs. We lose to Jacksonville. It's like, how do we even get to this point? And I think to kind of, you know, put a bow on this entire thing, we have respect for Carson Wentz's ability, right? I think you and I both, we have respect for Carson Wentz's ability. But in the NFL, at the quarterback position, man, there's a lot of factors in that thing. And there's, yeah. you've got to be able to, you got to be able to weigh risk reward in the moment within like half a second and think about an entire franchise, an entire thing, not just thinking about, oh, this play can be made like it's high school. Like, hey, I get it's still high school football for you. And football is still a game you love and enjoy. But also, like, hey, you lose the clown town in Jacksonville, you're not even in the playoffs. So, like, let's think about maybe shot putting the ball in the end zone for like that's just. But I don't think he can. I don't know if he can change it, and I don't know what happens. Yeah. But I think an AFC team goes on a run this year. I think. Yeah, I love you to bring that up because the AFC team they have so many young great quarterbacks over there. I mean, it's just it's phenomenal, man. It really is. I I feel like the NFL, and they just got this big old new deal for hundred and forty billion dollars or whatever. Hey, that's but only feel, going up. That's only going up. They got the red zone deal coming up. 
it's only going up, man. More and more, and they always play. You know, I, I'm 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 in negotiation with them right now on a new deal. For so so you know you know what they cut. They always claim and broke. I say, hey, excuse me, I I, I just saw that hundred some billion. So can y'all please give me a little bit. I, that's all I'm saying. I'm not asking for. You know there's money out there. Okay, we know there's money out there somewhere. <laughs> you know how they come in with that. Out of all those young guys, and who who would you say is the best young quarterback? I mean. Patrick Mahomes going into his sixth year, but we still consider him in that young quarterback range. He's just played so much right now, but he's right on that edge. And, and say so we got Pat Mahomes. Who would you say, if you could take any one of those young quarterbacks, which one would you take? I know this is going to sound like Patrick Mahomes is so good. And I think what you're talking about is not young, like the next generation, right? That's what you're thinking? Like the next yeah. generation. Yeah, the, 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 these, next, these next stars, the Patrick Mahomes, the Josh Allen, the Joe Burrow, all of those young guys that are coming in. Lamar is going one of those guys. Lamar. Now he's going to have to win some more playoff games. They got their first win last year, last season, you know, it was a cluster. Lamar, Kyler is such a like, is he going to show up? Is he not going to show up? What the hell is going on over there? This year, they seem to be much different than the Cardinals of last year. Uh, like, sorry, two years ago. I don't know. Last This year is still this season that just ended, right? If I say that. Right, 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 right. Season just ended. Okay, so last year then, the Cardinals – had such great upside. They would beat teams and Kyler would do something special. And then the next week they would lose to some terrible team and they were just like hit or miss. And you could tell by looking at Kyler on like the first drive of the game, whether or not they were going to win or not, like in his face, his body language is just like, he has no confidence. And this, Past season, they went on a run. They get D Hop, or they they bring in JJ Watt. They make uh, AJ Green comes in. They go all in. They invest in Phoenix. Is a beautiful city. I assume. Oh God! Yes, Phoenix is a beautiful city. Big city, beautiful city. I mean, that is a place that wants a winner. I would assume they would like a winner. Beautiful people. Beautiful people. Yeah, it's beautiful, beautiful culture there. Beautiful culture yeah. too. Scottsdale yeah. is beautiful. We should be there for the Super Bowl next year. It's going to be great. That's why when we hey. put that event on in Scottsdale, it's going to be off the chain. Hey, God bless Phoenix, man. Uh, God bless, yeah, yeah, yeah. God bless <laughs> Phoenix there. But like, I, I I wouldn't take Kyler just because we don't know what the hell Kyler is. I think Kyler has the chance to be incredible. I think he's going to be great. Lamar, I don't think I take Lamar Jackson just because the same thing that has been said from his first year all the way now. I still think reigns true. Like. He is one massive shot away. Now, I still think he does a great job of missing those shots, and he makes people miss, and he avoids the big hits. But I still think there is some, you know, potential worries there. I still think Baltimore needs him, keep him around. He's still a playmaker, a superstar. I like Josh Allen, personally. He is, what, six foot six, six foot five, whatever the hell he is. They run him in power. He's got wiggle. He seems to be, like, very close with his teammates. He can throw the thing 90 yards. He works every offseason because if you saw him first year, second year, third year, fourth year, he only gets better, it feels like. For me, I think Josh Allen is the prototype of what I would build around. But how could you rule out Joe Burrow or Patrick Mahomes? Like, how, how could you ever do that? You know, I think if you get any of them, you're lucky. But in my eyes, Josh Allen seems to be the one that has all of it. But Patrick Mahomes has that quality that Joe Burrow has, which is like – you know, like they want the big moment. Like they, they right. live, and that means something. Right. You know, that means something. Yeah, it means something to me. Let me ask this because you know, since you do so much conversations conversing with Aaron Rodgers, have you ever asked him about that? Like when he looks over in the AFC and he sees all of those young great quarterbacks, does that has any play in his decisions on going or staying? Have you ever asked him anything like that? 
I didn't ask him about that, but that has been conversation. Every like on our show, and I think every show, people will be like, "Well, the Packers are probably only going to trade him to an AFC team if they were to trade him, right?" And why would you want to go to the AFC? The AFC is like a murderer's row right now of young teams that are ready to go. Why would you want to do that? I'm sure Aaron is very cerebral. Okay, he's very dialed in. He knows everything. We'll ask him about one of these young quarterbacks on a random Tuesday, and he'll break down what that player did to, like just two days ago while he still had a game. Like I think I saw him make a play where he looked off this guy and did that. So I think he has a lot of respect for the next generation of quarterbacks. I think he is, you know, kind of falling in. I don't say falling in love with the role of like people coming to talk to him after games. Right. And like asking him for, you know, advice or whatever. I, I don't think that was necessarily something he was most comfortable with or happened there. Now he's become like the OG to everybody because everybody was fans of his that are now in the league. You know, there was like a transition right. to that. Right, 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 right. So right. I, I don't think I've asked him. I, I don't think I've asked him and I don't know what his thoughts are, but I know he has a massive amount of respect, massive amount of respect for all of them. Yeah, and he should because they, they, they're some great talented players and they all come in. Who are you taking? Who are you taking? His vein. Who are you I, taking? I, I, next year, winning the Super Bowl right now. Man, no, next it, generation of quarterback. Next generation. Oh, quarterback. next generation quarterback. Let, let me, I tell you something. I, I, I love Joe Burrow. I love Joe Burrow. I, I, I'm talking about outside of Patrick Mahomes, I'm taking Joe Burrow. I, I want Joe Burrow. Because I, I, I want his attitude. He is, I, I, like I told you on this show, I, 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 he's that quarterback with that stink in his tank. And if ever you can get, if ever you can get that heart and soul at the quarterback position and they follow him, then you you got something. You have something. And, and and you know it's Pat. It's going to be a different team now because of the confidence. This game is so much about confidence. Oh, yeah. If you feel or if you know you're going to win instead of hoping and thinking, then then you usually go in and win. And Joe helps you know. That's 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 pretty good. Joe helps you know you're going to win. I, that's why I, I like Joe Burrow. To come back from that knee injury, to do what he did this year, to take his team to where they're going, I I, I just think I, I have them possibility of getting back next year. I know a team hasn't done it. You know, only quarterbacks that have returned to the Super Bowl after losing their first Super Bowl, Jim Kelly. John Elway. It's tough. That's not a lot. That's not a lot. Dan Marino didn't get back. There's a lot of boys that did not get back that were bad boys after losing their first second, first Super Bowl. And usually when a team loses a Super Bowl, you know, that first that next year, they fall off. I don't think we'll see that in Cincinnati. I, I don't think we'll see it. It's a young team that I think has an opportunity right now. Makes me, reminds me a lot of us in 91. Young team that got here a year earlier than most people thought, but really have a chance to make a run. So, so I, I really like Cincinnati. It's not, it's not a favorite for anybody else. That's why I jumped on it when you jumped on it. I was like, oh my god, I got somebody else that's a little harmonious with my thoughts here on Cincinnati. So I can't wait to see what happened there, man. Listen, I can't hold you any longer, man. I can't tell you how much I appreciate you taking the time, Pat. Pat. I understand why Aaron Rodgers fell in love with you. I have fallen in love with you, too. So it's oh. all good, brother. It's wow, all hey, good, it man. has been an honor to go on this show and find out that Joe lets them know. And anytime <laughs> Level 8 needs me on a program, you just give me a call, man. I am so thankful and honored to have gotten a chance to chat with you. I've been a fan for so long. So, so long of your work on TV. Obviously, the highlights is I'm a little younger. The highlights of you on the field 
magical. And your quotes in the 30 for 30, hey, you don't want us dancing? Don't let us score. I mean, you are <laughs> you are an icon. And I hope in your negotiations, those motherfuckers know that as well. I appreciate you, dude. I appreciate you too, my brother. Thanks for taking the time, man. Thanks for giving me so much time to just chat, man, about you and about the game and about that path, brother, because trust me, man, you're inspiring a lot of people, man. Keep doing what you're doing. You got something to put on the table when you go from, from time to eternity and God says, well, what have you done to get in the pearly gates? Just put what you put your work out there. You've inspired many, man. I appreciate it. Well, that means a lot. I don't know if they're going to let me in or not, but I am going to say, hey, listen, Michael Irvin said, you know, chuck up the deuce. I'm a union guy. Okay. You hey, want me. You want you're me. In there. You you're want in me. there. You're in there. <laughs> hey, hey, when I first got saved, I, I, was do, I was traveling with Bishop Jakes in LA. It's so funny. We were going to do the Steve Harvey show. Steve Harvey's a great friend of mine. You know, he started here in Dallas. I he, love Steve Harvey, by the way. I love him, man. He's so oh. funny. He, he started his shows here when he had he had his own comedy house here in Dallas. So we walk in, it's so funny. And we walk in, Steve, oh my God, everybody stop the presses. Bishop Jakes just walked in, and when we come back, I'm gonna tell you who he walked in with. All I'm gonna tell everybody right now, if God can save this one. He could save you. He could save anybody if he could save this one. That's what he said. We came back. They told him. He said it. He told him it was me. If God could save Michael Irvin, he could save anybody. I was like, well, wait a minute. Wait a minute. What? I, about I was just getting a room. I thought this was a welcoming thing. Yeah, I thought this was yeah, 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 yeah. But, 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 but he was right. He was right. You know what I mean? I'm a different kind of dude, and that's okay. If God saves us different kind of dudes, you know what he'll do for them regular dudes. That's just a big deal, and that's just the real, man. I appreciate you, buddy. Stay, stay, thanks for giving me this so much time, man. Thank you, man. It's been an honor to be on uh, MIP, and I'll tell you what, God's thankful you're in his world. You know, good playmaker, an electrifying <laughs> character. I mean, you are the perfect selection. For Jesus Christ himself. Appreciate you, appreciate you, man. You're the best. You too, buddy. Anytime you need me, let me know, buddy. I'll be there. Appreciate it. Hit me whenever. All right, I'll talk to you. Thanks for downloading the MIP. Check out new episodes of the Michael Irvin Podcast every Thursday on Apple Podcasts, Podcast One, and Spotify. Geico asked, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners and renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more. And Geico is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to Geico.com or contact your local agent today. This February on Pluto TV, we're putting the spotlight on iconic black talent. 
Watch your favorite movies like Top 5, 48 Hours, and More Than a Game. And drop in to binge black TV classics like The Bernie Mac Show and Moesha. Pluto TV has hundreds of channels and thousands more movies and TV shows all for free. So download the Pluto TV app on your favorite streaming device and start watching today. Pluto TV. Drop in. Watch free. 